It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Ritz, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to season number two of the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. I said back because we assume that we have some return listeners, but hey, if this is your first time, that's great too. We are going to kick off this season just like any other season talking about some early reactions to the NFL draft and some landing spots. So I'm joined by my good old faithful co-hosts here, Braden and Alex. And so, man, we've, what's it been? three months since we've dropped a podcast uh so maybe a lot of life has happened uh so how y'all doing give me give me a check in a gauge alex yeah things have been good it's been i think the last one we did was right during the fantasy playoffs so we're looking at a couple months down the road we've obviously had some time off time to reset recharge and uh should be a good fantasy year i think we uh as a podcast are a little bit more established now and kind of kind of has some routines and should be able to give some good analysis here Brayden, what about you, man? Uh, Life is good. Uh, We are back for season two. I'm surprised that I was invited back. I think I finished last season really being a little over the top mean to James Robinson. And I would like to publicly apologize for that. Um, But we're back for season two. I am back. I promise this season is going to be better than last. uh, And we're excited. They renewed the pilot. They did. They renewed the pilot. It, uh, no one cut us off the radio waves. At least we haven't haven't gotten that note in the mail yet. But we're back anyway. So, all right. Well, that just gives us a good segue into those initial reactions to the draft. So this is going to be, as they say, uh, organized chaos, a little bit organic for you. So we'll just talk about some players that we like, some things, some storylines, and really just give you our takes. Um, obviously, we always recommend you get other experts' takes, but always value ours the most. And uh, who wants to start off with kind of initial take? I mean, maybe round one, just kind of what what we thought, what what surprised us, maybe what we weren't surprised by. I'll I'll get it kicked off. Um, you know, we all knew Bryce Young was going to go first, um, and we can we can dive into that. But really, I guess the first piece of news was, thank goodness the Houston Texans did not mess that up. They took CJ Stroud second overall. Um, I am a huge believer of CJ Stroud. I'm, I'm really excited for what he can be. Um, but I, you know, these two quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, I think that these landing spots are interesting and, and I think it's really going to change a lot of the landscape of the NFL in the next couple of years to come. Yeah, the C.J. Stroud coming after Bryce Young. I mean, despite Reddit trying to really bump Will Levis up and uh, get him, I think it actually turned out to get him out of the first round instead of being the number one overall pick. So poor guy there. I can't rely on Reddit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's all right. Just ignore that. Alex, what was your kind of initial takeaways? I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> I was also glad that C.J. Stroud went to the Texans. I think we kind of were talking off, the obviously, when we weren't recording, about how the Texans, it might have been just some smoke and mirrors kind of leading up to the draft for the C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud was falling pretty significantly in mocks the week of the draft, and it was just kind of this like odd situation. As a Colts fan myself, I was really happy to see Anthony Richardson go at number four to the Indianapolis Colts. I know there's some split opinions on that, if they should have taken Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. It looks like most of the Colts fans, though, are happy. The upside for Anthony Richardson is 
I think significantly higher than Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis obviously could turn out to be great, but Anthony Richardson is a kind of physical freak. Um, and he has kind of now a good offensive coach behind him that also helped with Jalen Hurts and kind of his development. And so it's exciting to at least see the Colts trying something. I think in the NFL, it's hard to win whenever you're, you're playing it safe. And so kind of shoot for that high upside play might actually turn out for him. And then if it doesn't, I mean, a lot of these first round picks don't turn out anyway. So you're kind of, I mean, you might as well shoot, shoot big. Yeah. I think I saw Chris Ballard. That's the owner GM's name, right? Uh, He said that they would have taken GM. That's right. He would have taken Anthony Richardson number one overall. Like if they had the first pick, he would have done that, which was interesting to me. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that when you took him at three because no one can ever really call you on that, but I kind of imagine, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like that's more him just kind of like supporting the player that he took, which is like good coach speak. I mean, Jim or Jim speak just to kind of back your guy, but I don't know how this kind of lands for y'all for the Indian app. I mean, I guess we can get in implications, but it's kind of a downgrade for Michael Pittman overall for me. There's not really another big, wide receiver in the Indianapolis offense, but Jonathan Taylor does get a bump, I think, just because if it's going to be kind of a a, bu- a a rough offense. I disagree. You think it's a downgrade for Jonathan Taylor? I think it is a downgrade for Jonathan Taylor. I, because I, I, I think I think that they're going to run Anthony Richardson inside the five-yard line the same way they ran Jalen Hurts. And it was a downgrade for Miles Sanders, and it's going to be a downgrade for Jonathan Taylor, personally. I, I think there will be some of that, but Jonathan Taylor or Miles Sanders is no Jonathan Taylor. So I think like if I'm the Eagles, I'm doing that. But if I'm the Colts, there's just a lot more incentive to use Jonathan Taylor. So maybe it's a slight downgrade there, but typically when you have a quarterback, you can't throw that great. The rushing also increases a lot. So, I mean, you can't really put too much stock in exactly how the Eagles were, but that's really the model that we have to go off of. So I will go the Michael Pittman route and say that's interesting because you brought in A.J. Brown uh, and the Eagles, and, I mean, he's done fine there. So Michael Pittman being the same big body, I mean, would we say, do we think Anthony Richardson has a better arm and more accuracy than Jalen Hurts? I mean, we're talking obviously not rookie year, right? But you're talking two, three years of development in the NFL with pros that do this for a living, right? is he not getting to that level if they really do invest those resources in him? So I don't know. I, I want Anthony Richardson to be a thing. I really do, but there's not a comparable that I can say this worked out, you know, like Lamar Jackson, you can't compare him to that. He started three or four years in college. I mean, won the Heisman, he was a prolific passer and a prolific rusher. Jalen hurts off the charts leader getting coached from Nick Saban. I mean, Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's actually a, a fair huge, one. Huge but, body, like huge physical freak. Not a lot of college tape, not in the big, not a power five school. Yeah. Josh Allen is for sure one, but I just, Yikes. It, it, super, it does not, super flex to take him one Oh two. It's just it, so hard, man. It doesn't work out for this prototype more than it does work out sure so but that's kind of what you said a lot of these quarterbacks don't work out anyway so it might as well take now great now granted if i got a notification right now that indy sent a third and fourth round pick next year for deandre hopkins i i feel a lot better you know i feel like he has some more options i feel like he's getting you know 
people who can get separation and I feel a little bit better, but with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, I don't, I don't feel great. What do y'all think or who do you think will ultimately three years down the road, who is going to be more fantasy relevant of those top three picks? I mean, we're a fantasy podcast, so we have to based off fantasy. We're not talking best player, which I'm always the, the worst about this talking NFL relevance, but yeah, fantasy relevant CJ Stroud, Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. Who are you taking and why in three years from now? I'm taking Bryce Young, just some of his combine skills. I think I know he's undersized, but it's not the same as like a Kyler Murray, where there was also some. I know a lot of like the uh, um, intellectual attributes that they test the combine, which are kind of hard to to know and really flesh out. But a lot of his like high level processing metrics were really high. I think the Panthers are at least doing what they can to get bodies around him. They're not the the best wide receivers and DJ Shark and. Adam Thielen and all those guys, but I mean, they're definitely like putting capital around him. I like Frank Wright, especially in the quarterback development area. I just think that they, that that's probably this. And it's also the safest bet, right? The one-on-one is probably the safest bet, but I would, I'd have to put my money there. I think I like CJ Stroud though. Um, but we've only seen really one Ohio state quarterback really do a lot. And that's only one year sample size in Justin Fields. So I, I will, I'll take CJ Stroud. I think that if you're in a, I think if you're in a draft three years from now, you are going to take CJ Stroud as like a high end QB one. I think that Bryce Young will be a late round quarterback as someone who is consistent for 15 to 20 points, but probably isn't going to drop 30 to 35 points. And I don't know if Anthony Richardson is starting in three years. I just, he he's only started 13 games. Like this is the least amount of starts a first round quarterback's got since like, I think it was Trubisky. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel good about Anthony Richardson. He's a freak. I mean, he really is a freak of nature, but I'm just not confident in the way he throws the ball, the way he makes decisions. Yeah. I guess my counter, at least on Bryce Young is more of like the Tua argument of this last year. Granted, he's undersized and he got hurt by a lot of concussions, but not necessarily running. Tried like to retire in the offseason. Yeah, not necessarily a, a Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen like rushing ability or Lamar Jackson, but just like especially if there's the right offense around him with weapons, he could still be he can throw for five hundred and five in a game and kind of that Tua. Tua is undersized too. And so that's more of like the path I see Bryce Young going, but we'll see. Did you say he's undersized Tua? Uh, so moving on to my thoughts. Uh, yeah, what I, were yours? Oh, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were about to move on. I actually wanted to hear what quarterback you would take. <laughs> well, I had to move quickly from. I mean, the podcast is back, and so are the dad jokes. I mean, we're we're just growing in the dad joke level. So, uh, get used to it. The thought I have is I'm also CJ Stroud. I think Braden and I were talking about a little bit before the podcast, just what he did against the most NFL ready defense that any of those three quarterbacks have faced leads me to believe that he is going to just have the highest ceiling and um, maybe the lowest floor as well, just because he went to the Texans and the Texans have gosh, they've struggled, but I'm almost seeing it. I don't know that they start him day one. I think they still might. Nah, that I don't know. That division's they, up for grabs, though. They start him day one. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a reason why Davis Mills came out week 17 and threw for like 
500 yards and ended up winning. So they didn't get the number one overall pick. I just, I think Davis Mills is clocked is like checked out. And I think CJ Stroud's going to start. Yeah. I probably go CJ Stroud. And then I'll actually go Anthony Richardson over Bryce young. I just, I think that Bryce young will be fine for like a team quarterback. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to get the fantasy numbers, the flashy numbers that when you're just talking about fantasy relevance, because Richardson has a rushing floor, right? If you start mm -hmm. and CJ Stroud is more likely to put up, I think more yards and touchdowns, but, and I just think I see CJ Stroud as a top 12 quarterback quicker than any of those and probably for longer, but those are my thoughts. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on that? Any other counterpoints, arguments? I, re I really like, <clears throat> I really like Bryce Young. I mean, I, I really do. I just, I have, I do have a lot of concern for his size and I do have concern for his draft cap or not for his draft capital, but for what the Panthers have left, you know, they, I think they spent too highly on Jonathan Mingo. We can get to quite a few years later, but I think they spent too highly on Jonathan Mingo because they wanted to get another weapon for him. And I don't think that he's the right answer and they don't really have options early in the draft next year either because of the trade with the bears. So I, I just think it's going to be tough, but I hope I'm wrong. I mean, the guy is super smart. He's a good kid. And I mean, I'm sure you two as basketball fans see it. I see, I probably saw it later than y'all did, but like, he's like a point guard playing quarterback. I mean, the way that he leads the team, the way that he distributes the ball, the way that he moves in the pocket, it's like, it's finesse the way that he's able to distribute the way he is. So I like him a lot. I just like CJ Stroud more. I mean, I don't know that I was thinking in my head, Bryce Young didn't really have hardly anybody to throw the ball to. But I mean, when you signed Adam Thielen and you've got DJ Shark, if he stays healthy. Um, and then, like you said, we'll get to Jonathan Mingo maybe in a little bit. Terrence Marshall, LaVisca Schnell. They have, they have a good know. offensive line and they have Miles Sanders in the backfield. Frank Wright is a coach. It's not a bad situation. There are worse situations. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of turnover on that team though, so it'd be interesting. Either turnover, either it goes really well, or it, you know, bottoms out. So, um, all right, what uh, what do y'all want to go next? Who do y'all kind of want to talk about? And we can talk about other first rounds. I mean, of the first round, anybody that really strikes you is going to be super relevant day one or quickest path to relevancy. I mean, I think Bijan's probably the answer to that. But yeah, I was. I was going to say Bijan. We can talk about that really quick if we want to put him into where like we take him in Dynasty and even redraft if we want. But I do want to talk about Jameer Gibbs also, but we could maybe hit Bijan really quick because there's probably not a ton of analysis on Bijan. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess should we just look at the running backs who how they finished last year and where we would fit Bijan in that? Yeah. You got like, that yeah. pulled up? Uh if you can give me a second, I can. Well, like I mean, dynasty I'm, startup. So you're gonna look up where they where they fell uh season finishing, right, Braden? Well, I mean, like, okay, so just tell me if you're playing redraft next year, okay, where this would you year. put yeah, this year, whatever. Okay, I right, just make sure F fast forward a couple months. Um McCaffrey, Taylor, Saquon. And we're saying where we put Bijan in at. Yeah. Tell me, tell me whenever I get to someone that you would rather have Bijan. 
So I've said McCaffrey, Taylor, Barkley, Eckler. Uh, Bijan. I was going to say Bijan. You'd rather have Bijan over Eckler? Well, just yeah, with Bichon, everything Bichon. that's going on. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Alex. I was going to say Bijan's four for me after those guys. Kenneth Walker was going to be ahead of that, but then the Seahawks drafted. Yeah. So I take I take Bijan four. Would you – is Josh Jacobs in that conversation? Him and Brees Hall. Brees Hall also would be – just I'm worried about the start coming off of injury. Josh Jacobs is a little bit – I'd still take Bijan over Josh Jacobs. What about Pollard? I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy there, but – No, I don't – I mean, they didn't take a running back except for Deuce Vaughn. So, I mean, I think that he's in the conversation, but I think it's your prerogative what you choose. Where, you still where like Bijan? Yeah, where do you take him out of those guys? Is that the I mean, are those that's the ranking that you have pulled up for this upcoming season? Yeah. Um so I oh gosh, I would take McCaffrey and Taylor. And low key, I would take Bijan over Saquon. Sure. I that's think just, that that's just one oh one in our home league talking. It well, <laughs> it's it's I became a sports fan when Vince Young crossed the end zone in the Rose Bowl. So I've been a Texas fan forever. But uh I I'm low key cooling on Barkley and that's a different episode for a different time, but just with more options and I think they're trying to retool the offense to be around Daniel Jones. I don't think he's going to touch the ball 35 times a game like he did this past year. So I like Bijan there. Remember me remember for us I can't talk. Let's talk about Daniel Jones at some point. Not this podcast probably because this is more rookie focus but i saw some stuff about him being top 12 and i'm kind of low-key feeling it uh anyway gibbs let's talk about gibbs gibbs so i do want to do that same list i mean i i don't think there's really that i mean is gibbs there your number two running back out of this draft or is there somebody else that kind of jumped out to you i mean it's first round value first round yeah gibbs yeah. gibbs is the number two running back in this class yeah i would agree just for context he went at the 112 to the Detroit Lions, who then the next day traded DeAndre Swift to the Eagles. Pennies and, on the dollar. And they but they brought in David Montgomery from the Bears in the offseason. So now it's a two-headed monster with David Montgomery, who, who's kind of more of the workhorse three-down back, and Jameer Gibbs, who is also can be a three-down back, but also has the pass catching kind of electrifying. There's a lot of like Christian McCaffrey, uh Austin Eckler comps with Jameer Gibbs. So He's definitely risen on my draft board just because they spent such a high draft capital on him. I mean, they're gonna have they have to use him. I mean, I would yeah, say he, if he's going based on the draft capital that they spent, what they structured around him, the fact that Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games, if Jameer Gibbs stays healthy, if the Lions perform at the level that people are thinking they are, and myself is hoping they are, say they win, you know, nine, 10, 11 games this year. He's got to be top twenty-four running back at the end of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. If he's if he's healthy, I would say, I mean, yeah, Montgomery's going to play this Jamal Williams role, and I would say that Gibbs is going to play the DeAndre Swift role, but there that wasn't really a role at all. And so that's what I'm saying. He's going to have. A, <laughs> I mean, if you take the games that DeAndre Swift played and extrapolate them into the games he could have played, and then add in a few more targets for replacing kind of. Jamison Williams. I think he's going to be in the slot. I, I saw some, I want to give you credit. I can't remember who it was, but on Twitter said something like out of all the receptions that Gibbs got, like 
I want to say it was over 50% of them came from lining up in the slot. And so they're going to use them in the slot, especially with Jameson Williams being out, like you were saying, Jonathan. And so in PPR, I would love, love, love to have Gibbs, um, especially that right off the start at the beginning of the season. I mean, and we are going, I mean, you've seen it the last couple of years with Austin Eckler. You've seen it just with some of these like zero RB guys. Like, I don't know. Do you feel, you probably don't feel comfortable with him as your running back one. And if you go zero RB, but like, I would take him as my RB one. If I went zero RB. For those of you that may not know what zero RB is, that's just the drafting strategy of going heavy wide receiver or not drafting a running back till, you know, you get later into like probably the sixth, seventh, eighth round. So Deandre Swift at the Eagles, which I think is a phenomenal landing spot. I disagree. Um, I think it's going to be great, but maybe I'm wrong. I think Deandre Swift is a great running back. I just think he Detroit just uh, maybe doesn't know how to use running backs because they've, they've now whiffed on a couple big names that they've, spin up for i just don't understand how what, what they're formulating you've got jalen hurts that runs the ball like a running back and then you've got didn't didn't they not sign zeke am i crazy did i miss that i didn't see that that was an april fool's post oh, oh my <laughs> gosh this is... you got trolled uh, man yeah, I, did. So, <laughs> I got trolled. i just so i think part makes of so it much signing, sense i don't disagree i think signing jalen hurts <laughs> long-term deal i don't think they want him to run as much this is a kind of a conversation with all quarterbacks that have big rushing seasons. They try to negate that a little bit to save their health. I don't know. I'm not saying I take Jameer Gibbs over to Swift, but I was going to kind of ask in what category do those guys kind of go? I mean, I, I can tell you that fantasy pros has Jameer Gibbs as the RB 17 and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is the RB 31. Oh and gosh. so I, I would Who's love it? get, I would love Gibbs as a zero RB candidate, but he's not going to make it that far. Who's around 17? Like, give us like 15 through 20. 15 through 20. 15, Dalvin Cook. 16, J.K. Dobbins. 17, Gibbs. 18, Aaron Jones. 19, Miles Sanders. 20, Cam Akers. For DeAndre Swift, you've got at 28, Alvin Kamara, which that doesn't really count. So right above him is Brian Robinson. Uh, Rashad Penny is 29. saying Alvin doesn't really count because he's likely baked in suspension. Just because of suspension. Yeah, it's baked in suspension. But... In that area, you've got Jamal Williams, ironically, at 30, DeAndre Swift at 31, A.J. Dillon at 32, Rashad White at 33. Yeah, so I'll be high on DeAndre Swift this year. Well, that's another conversation. I think in that other group, the 15 through 20, I take Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones over Gibbs, but I think I take Gibbs over J.K. Dobbins. Who else you had right there? Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers. Yeah, I take Gibbs ahead of that group for sure. Yeah. How does how does Kenny Gainwell not eat into DeAndre Swift's usage though? I, again, this isn't a you know this is. I don't think, I don't think he will. Pocket. I think Rashad Penny will eat into it more, but they're kind of a compliment one two punch. Uh, Rashad Penny is not the pass catcher. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the running back one for the Eagles because Rashad Penny will be healthy for one half of the game, and Swift will be healthy for the other half of the game. Kenneth <laughs> Gainwell to the moon. Alex, you're only like two seasons early on that. Yeah. I've held him in a dynasty league for so many years, it feels like, and I've never, <laughs> never <laughs> once played him. Like, not even one game. <laughs> that's an, that's interesting, though. That really is. Also, the Trey Sermon hype. Gosh, y'all, I got fooled by April Fool's. <laughs> yeah. You got to be better than that. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have we gotta, literally, we got a show better than that as an amateur podcast. <laughs> I have literally been sitting here this whole time. Of course, I didn't fact check anything, but I was like, gosh, why'd they do that? They've got Zeke. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I should have traded him to you when you thought that. <laughs> Well, oh, if you want a saving grace, we can pivot to the wide receivers now. Yeah, there is a lot of there's a lot of wide receivers. receivers. Yeah, let's do that. What do you want? Who do you want to start with? I mean, I guess let's start the first one with uh, JSN going to the Jackson Smith and Jigma for context, winning going twenty overall to the Seattle Seahawks. We were talking about this a little bit before the podcast started, but how. I think we some maybe all of us feel like it's a pretty good landing spot. At first, it feels unconventional. Also, just because Seattle seemingly always does this, like they took Kenneth Walker last year, and they but they take their skill position guys. Um, Geno Smith's on a one year contract, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Lockett's great, but he's kind of on his way out. This looks like a DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, and Jigma kind of duo combo going forward. Uh, maybe after this year, we're, we're talking about them and similar duo conversations is, you know, the Bengals guys, the Eagles guys, stuff like that. So I do like this for them. Uh, Seattle's consistent. Pete Carroll has consistently supported two really top 24 wide receivers almost every year that he's been there, I believe. Yeah. I, I really like JSN. Um, I've really liked his talent at first. I was, I was disappointed, Um, but I think it is a good spot. I really do. And, you know, I, I don't know what to think with the whole locket situation and with Gino this year. I I do like it long term though. I think that this is going to be a good landing spot, and I really think that he has the ability to be the alpha over DK long term. That is a pretty stout wide receiving core. I just I know the whole we're not really talking about Gino again, but I mean yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, DK. I mean Kenneth Walker. That offense is kind of nice. Uh. Just a quick thought on Gino there. I so think, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say in the rankings this year, like just preliminary rankings and just came out. Uh DK is currently the wide receiver 18. JSN is the wide receiver 21, and Tyler Lockett is the wide receiver 24. Yeah, see, I don't think they're all three gonna be there. <laughs> no, I I don't either, but JSN, JSN is in between Christian Watson and Jerry Judy. And I think I think I would take Judy and Watson in a redraft pretty easily. Yeah, I mean that's hard too because like DK at eighteen feels like a great value, yeah, it, but if you take DK, you're not going to take JSN, right? But but all three of them are ahead of Keenan Allen. So I'd take Keenan Allen over all those guys. <laughs> really, even with Quentin Johnson entering the fold. Yeah. This year, yes. That's that's honestly my favorite landing spot for a first runners wide receiver was. Quentin Johnson in Los Angeles. Well, let's go there. Where do you think he goes this season? Uh, well, here's the deal. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, neither of them have really stayed healthy at all um, for an extended amount of time. And Quentin Johnson, if they are both healthy, he's still on the other side of the field there. Um, you've got Josh Palmer there who kind of flashed last season, but I just think – Quentin Johnson's a big body. He's shown that he has talent. He's got his own injury injury issues, but like who better to learn how to be a big body wide receiver from than Mike Williams? You know, like I just think that maybe not this year, but year two, year three, I think that's a really interesting landing spot. And I like it, like it for him. I don't know. Maybe those are all just intangibles, but 
Yeah, I think he kind of makes Josh Palmer irrelevant this year. I mean, Josh Palmer has never been like the best prospect ever. It was kind of this wide receiver three that we always thought could take a step forward. And then last year he had plenty of opportunity and just couldn't. I think he completely makes Josh Palmer relevant. And then I think this is a really big shot at Mike Williams, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't think Keenan Allen's going to be affected at all on this. Like Keenan Allen is just still, I think he's still going to get 10, 11, 12 targets a game when he's healthy. Granted, he doesn't have a big history of being healthy for the whole season. So maybe you're right. This could be a guy that you kind of pick up late in drafts. And later in the season, there's some health concerns around some of these wide receivers in this Los Angeles wide receiver core. And Quentin Johnson has the ability to kind of really produce for a couple of weeks down the stretch. Yeah. My, uh, my last thought on that um, is just, again, the health of Keenan Allen as he gets older. I just, I don't know that that's going to stay, stay healthy. And then Mike Williams has missed a lot of games. So if the chargers are going to be good. And then, I mean, Austin Eckler, I don't know. Is he going to be, they're really not looking to resign him. Is he going to be, I guess no one really wants to trade for him either. Cause they weren't fielding very many trade calls, but. Well, and in dynasty, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, Justin Herbert, he's going to stay at LA. So he's paired with a young, great quarterback with two, really two aging receivers. So it would not be shocking if in two years, Quentin Johnson is the one in LA. So from a dynasty perspective, he might have one of the big higher ceilings in this class. Yeah. So, I mean, just with those, go ahead, Braden. No, I was going to segue. So, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just with those four first round wide receivers, I mean, are we all pretty unanimously like long term JSN? He gives me Garrett Wilson vibes. Maybe that's just because he played at Ohio State as well. But uh, I think by the end of the season, he'll be up there. Um, but I don't know. Y'all unanimously, JSN, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, Johnson, Jordan Addison. Those were the four kind of run right there. Who is, who goes, how do you rank those in dynasty drafts this year? That same order? Dynasty for me, I would rank it JSN, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers. I'm, I'm, I like Jordan Addison. I'm a little lower just because he's like, we're talking about JSN overcoming DK Metcalf as the one on his team. We just know Jordan Addison's never going to overcome Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison would be awesome, but he's still going to be the two. So I'd probably do – I'd almost do it the order that they're drafted. Jason, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, I think. And I, I, could fl- see, I could see Addison over Zay Flowers. I was say, I flip-flop Addison and Flowers um, just because I think Jefferson opens up that field. And I don't know, though. Addison is kind of downward sliding ever since his big year at Pitt with Pickett last year. I mean, he had a good season, but it wasn't anything special. I think – I really think that Addison and Jefferson could be a wide receiver tandem that finishes top 12, like a T Higgins chase or like a Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. I just, I get that he'll never be the one, but he matches up really well in zone coverage and he plays pretty well against man coverage as well. And I just, I don't know. I'm just more of a fan of his talent than Quentin Johnston. I mean, everyone's knocking that he catches the ball with his body, not his hands. And that doesn't work in the NFL. It just doesn't. And so even if it's, he's capable of it, I still think that there's going to be a learning curve. It's going to take him time. And like, I think that Quinn Johnson for sure has the best chance to bust out of all four of those for sure. 
is Quentin Johnson the next? Uh, is it Jalen Rager? Was he at TCU? He was at TCU. I'm I different. Say, TCU, I was gonna say different TCU body low, low hanging fruit. Low hanging say, fruit. TCU receivers <laughs> scare me for some reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he totally he looks different like a, body styles. <laughs> he look he looks like a stud. I was listening to someone else talk about Quentin Johnston doing uh like they were scouting Quentin Quentin Johnston. I forgot who it was, but they were saying like he looks great. And he has he's a yards after catch monster, but he does the exact same move every single time he catches the ball. It's just catch, plant, turn to his right. And sure enough, whenever he was drafted, every single one of his highlights I was watching, I was like, let's see if this is actually the case. And sure enough, every single highlight was the exact same move. So I just I I think his floor is for sure the lowest, but he could have a great ceiling. We'll see. Yeah. Let's jump to uh yeah, kind of some of the later rounds. And really, I mean, your your fantasy most most fantasy relevant players are gonna be in that first round, of course. But who are some people that I mean just kind of stood out? We could stay wide receivers or we can kind of jump around to um we started getting some tight ends in that second round. Um what what were some players that stood out to you? Just going in those second and third, kind of those mid-level rounds. I mean, I'll throw somebody out. Uh, I know Jaden Reed uh went to Green Bay, kind of middle of the second round. I don't like I don't love it as much as those first round wide receivers, I don't think, but it's just an interesting piece that is getting built kind of around Jordan Love now in the Green Bay. And so you kind of add Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs there. I think that's an interesting wide receiver core, adding him in there. Kind of, I mean, he's not the greatest prospect ever, but um, he's kind of a slot guy. So rookie quarterback or young quarterbacks with not a lot of experience typically kind of are typically go more to the slot. So, He's just an interesting guy. Probably know who you're going to pick and redraft, but maybe a, a nice like uh, sleeper dynasty ad. Yeah, I mean that was the first wide receiver that the Packers took, um, which Packers don't really go super heavy uh, offensive players in the draft. Although they took, I was laughing about this with someone. Uh, they took two tight ends, and they took three wide receivers and a running back in this year's draft. And it was like, when did they ever do that for Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> true it's kind of savage but um yeah that one's interesting the other interesting one to me Braden, if you have something you can feel free to throw it out there because it's t- gonna take me a second to get my thought collected here uh well rasheed rice was was interesting to me and um, going to the chiefs again you just never really know those three-headed, four-headed monsters that the Chiefs have. He, he kind of profiles as someone that could have some more NFL relevance and fantasy relevance, but a guy that was a high-producing um, receiver, led the led the team in receptions and I believe yards and maybe touchdowns for SMU who scored a lot of points last year. So to see that go to the Chiefs offense, obviously – He's a kind of a gadget, some gadget plays and stuff like that. But I don't know that he has any long-term fantasy relevance. So I kind of almost bring this up more as like a caution, as enticing as it may seem. We kind of all fell in love with Sky Moore last year. And maybe this year he has a little bit more relevance. But again, the chief offense is just so hard to kind of predict and kind of figure out from long-term st- sustainability. Yeah. yeah, I I also made a note to talk about Rasheed Rice. I I don't mind it. Um, you know, he's always tempting to grab in like a dynasty draft just because what could be 
especially, I mean, we were saying this whenever they drafted McCole Hardman four years ago. Was, oh man, second round wide receiver, let's grab him because Kelsey's aging out. And it's we're still here and McCole Hardman's on a different team. And we said the same thing about Sky Moore. And I mean, Sky Moore is barely hanging on to a starting spot. And so, you know, it's like, eventually we're going to get to a point that there's going to be some wide receiver that the chiefs draft that it is going to be a home run, but I don't know if it's going to be this or not. So I, I like it. I'm, I'm excited for it, but I'm also cautiously optimistic. I think Rasheed Rice gets you maybe closer to Tyreek Hill model than others. But again, I I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill by any means, but kind of that smaller wide receiver doesn't have the blazing speed, but does kind of have a little bit more of the wide receiver production than Michael Hardman. Michael Hardman's are always been kind of like that gadget player, but uh, I just wanted to interject with Kelsey Gronk, Gronk spiking the Lombardi trophy. That was real, right? Like that, that was an actual video. Did y'all see that? I think April fools on that too. Did I, I didn't see it. So I'm not ready to say that you were trolled again. I've never seen this either. It sounds like something he would do. He chugged, he chugged a beer off the Lombardi trophy and then he smashed the beer can and the Lombardi trophy on the stage. (laughs) I haven't seen that, but I mean, it checks out with, I gotta, I gotta verify. Alex, you're about to say something of substance and value. Yeah. I was just going to kind of comment, uh, I don't know how helpful this is, but it's helpful for me to be reminded that like there are going to be probably two or three of these wide receivers in the second and third round that are going to be fantasy relevant. It's just so hard to predict which ones. And it's it, it almost is like frustratingly unpredictable. Um, but from a running back perspective, there are a couple names that could potentially have some value. I don't know if we want to get into that real quick. I don't, we don't want to go probably too long. But I know Zach Charbonnet is kind of a big guy that went to Seattle. I actually wanted to kind of talk more about uh, where we were just at. We were talking about this a little before, Brayden. I think you brought him up. Um, Was Kendra, it? Kendra yeah, Kendra Miller. Miller. Yeah. Yeah, going to the Saints with the Alvin Kamara suspension. He could be relevant like day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Jamal Williams, but Jamal Williams has never been the main guy there. And so I think that's an interesting name. There's there's a couple running backs that I think are – I think. Maybe other drafts, I feel like there's like a lot of good wide receivers to pick from. I feel like right in the second and third round, there's a lot of running backs that have kind of clear paths to some playing time or some dynasty value this year more than I feel like other years in the past. I don't know if y'all feel the same way. Yeah, I do. It. I agree with the Kendra Miller take. I I think, I mean, I think he's going to be the running back to own. Um, and I think that other running backs that were drafted in like, round three and four that's when a lot of them went i think that's where you know there really is it like i think roshan johnson he was drafted in round four i think yeah. i i think he has a real chance to beat out um the other guys in the in the locker room in chicago so well, yeah and like tajay spears like derrick henry's not gonna be on the titans next year like almost guaranteed <laughs> so you know what i mean like he might yeah. not be on there this year <laughs> like, yeah uh and then it was the other one uh we were talking about the my one who tank bigsby oh yeah was it's i'm not i'm not worried about bigsby i i think we can talk about a chain a chain to miami yeah i I think he's super talented i personally am lower on him just because he is super undersized but i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna he could be relevant did i think didn't dalvin cook say he wants to go to miami 
He did? I'm pretty sure you said that. Was was that an April Fool's joke too? Or <laughs> no. I, I, I started I started the season off with something that is gonna get literally brought back on every episode the whole season. Um, I feel like I saw that. Maybe he it was, it was he... him or Zeke, but there's some free agent running back, or maybe it was I don't think it was Drew Mixon. It was one of those, I think it was Dalvin Cook. I'm almost positive. Um so that would be the only thing. Miami is a kind of hot spot right now for free agent running backs. And there's still doubt what Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, we're still not even sure about Joe Mixon. Derrick Henry could get traded. So there's I mean, some Kareem back. Hunt still doesn't have a team. Kareem Hunt. So that I think will shake up some of these rookie running backs, but there's some good value to be had, especially if they're falling to, you know, second and third round of rookie drafts and then we're talking zero RB. Like, there's a lot of these guys you can grab at the end of your redraft that if they don't pop, that's okay. But there's some good value there. The one yeah. I wasn't thinking so much about Tank Bigsby as I was about Zach Evans. Zach Evans was the other one I wanted to bring up. Um, he obviously has some on the field and off the field issues that have kind of come up, but uh, the talent profile. I mean, he was he was a five star recruit along with Bijan Robinson coming out of co- coming out of high school and so i think going to like a place like the rams where cam Akers is shown that he's got relevance but there's not a whole now they could sign somebody of those people that you mentioned by by all means but that's an interesting one and then of course deuce vaughn um going to dallas next to tony pollard so yeah and you make a really good point uh we see a lot of these like maybe like ethical discounts or i don't know how you like tyreek hill had this too and like some of these situations where there's these really good prospects and they go, they kind of fall because of concerns of something they've done off the field or whatever. But those a lot of the times still end up being phenomenal NFL players because they were phenomenal prospects. And there's nothing to what they did that kind of sunk their draft costs has nothing to do with their on the field play. Joe Mixon. Yeah. It's a prime one. example. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do y'all have any other people that y'all want to mention? I don't know. We kind of, Kind of went a little long here, so maybe we save some tight end conversation for down the road. But we got pretty heavy on quarterbacks, running backs, running backs, wide receivers. What are some parting parting thoughts of knowledge here? Uh, really, the last thing I want to say is I think I love the landing spot for Will Levis. I love the landing spot for Hendon Hooker, um, to sit at least a little bit. Um, but also low key, I kind of like the landing spot for Stetson Bennett. I love that he landed on the Rams and it's a thin depth chart as it is. And I mean, he looked good behind Georgia's offensive line and with Georgia's weapons. And so who knows, maybe he could, maybe he could be decent, but um, I think that he is going to have every chance to succeed. And if he doesn't, it's because of him. It's not because he went to a bad franchise. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Georgia may be the best offensive line he's going to play for uh, I say that tongue in cheek. I don't know. I, you're right. Down the stretch there, he he played really well. Um, it just seems weird to think of him as like a more than anything but a backup quarterback. I don't know why. I could he probably. I mean, he probably is a backup quarterback, but I'm just saying, like, he he also won two national championships and he was a Heisman finalist. And I mean, there are Georgia fans legitimately saying he is the greatest Georgia quarterback ever. And so it's one thing for like analysts to say that it's another thing for like fans to say it. 
and like they love him they really think he's the best ever in Georgia and so with him backing up Stafford who I believe is the greatest Georgia quarterback ever I think he's going to have I think he's going to have the best chance for success with McVay and if he fails he fails and that's fine but I'm just saying he's in a decent spot if something happens to him he'll just get traded to the Eagles since that's where all the Georgia Bulldogs go ultimately true the only other name I'll throw out there would be Chase Brown that went to Cincinnati the running back just with the Joe Mixon uncertainty, I just think that that's a interesting pick as a fifth round pick. But Chris uh, Samaj P. Ryan is no longer there, so if you're looking for some late round value, that might be. We can maybe do a whole podcast of like rounds like five through like eight, nine of just like dart throws. But uh, I don't know how much of a dart throw he actually is. He might actually be something that's legitimate. Rounds rounds five through what, Alex? Uh, I was trying to figure out how many there are. <laughs> five through seven. There's seven. <laughs> said, the nine, <laughs> the secret rounds. Yeah. Uh, I saw some this... April Fool's thing about nine rounds. I <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I just gonna. I can't even make comments now. Uh, the James Robinson truthers out there that are banging the table for the UDFA's the undrafted free agents. Sean Tucker, another blue, blue and orange college. Yes. Guy. Yes. So that another guy to just just think about. I mean, you're not probably coming away your draft from him, but in Dynasty, keep it keep an eye out. He was sick during the combine, but early beginning the year, uh, the college year, he was the number three running back behind Robinson and Gibbs. So just something to think about. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate y'all tuning in to the first episode of the 2023-2024 Average Pros Fantasy Football podcast season. We will be back here. We're gonna try and do something. Every two weeks ish, maybe three weeks to just kind of keep y'all up to date as things come out in the off season. But of course, we will ramp it up as we get closer. If you have not liked and subscribed to the podcast, please do that. We will love. We would love to, you know, just get our our name out there and begin to grow this thing as best we can. So, thanks so much for your time. And until next time, we are the Average Pros. See ya. Your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.